welcome everybody to Daytonic Takes. Um, this is a special episode. Finally, me and Ivan are back together. Um, you can see the smile yeah. on his face and the smile on my yeah. face. So we're actually really excited to talk about this. Uh, yeah. Quakes team. Ivan, what's up? How you doing? Well, some parts of the Quakes team do excite us. Others <laughs> worry us, but we're excited for different reasons. So this is episode 51. So <laughs> due yeah. to my numbering count, uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, celebrate our 50th episode milestone last time when we discussed the Colorado Rapids game, but we're going to do that now. And we just want to thank you, the fans, the listeners, and everyone in the Quakes community who has embraced us as part of it. Uh, from the active hosts, Fabian and myself, Will when he's available, Anthony at Tectonic Yanks, uh, Fala Shade, who's provided a lot of graphics, our writing team, Chris, Matt, and Abel. Abel, who has appeared in a few podcasts as well when Fabio wasn't available. We all thank you for helping us reach 50 numbered episodes, as well as all of our other content on YouTube and other uh, social media. We are really appreciative. And a year ago, I didn't expect that the podcast would have grown at this rate. And we now have a community on discord we're right, right. active through Thank reddit you. twitter facebook instagram youtube like everywhere we've been well received and people have interacted and yeah it's been I've a pleasure been, i mean when you when you started this a year ago did you ever think that you would be here right 51 right and just the the sheer amount of social media presence that we have right did you expect that like did you expect that you know a lot of quakes fans would be waiting for our tweets and and thinking that we would have quakes news i, I never would have thought that right i wasn't expecting that at all i didn't really know what to expect other than it was during the pandemic i wanted to contribute something and Part of it was my desire to support the Quakes and my passion for the Quakes and my passion for the sport in general. Mm. But part of it as well was like something to look forward to while hoping that things would get better in my life as well. Mm. And in a way, things certainly had. We're still recovering from a pandemic. It's still very much existing, but we're doing the best we can. We also have a few messages uh, specifically from some of our other co-hosts and members of Tectonic Takes team who couldn't be here today. Will gave us a message. Just wanted to thank the fans. I wish I was able to be more interactive lately, but I'm still supporting from afar and honored to be a part of this podcast. And Will has definitely been a contributor. I know he's been very busy during much of this 2021 season, but yeah, you and Will were friends from before this podcast. Yeah. He definitely uh, attests to how much he's been a part of this. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad Will's not here so he can tell me that he wants Matias Almeida out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, we definitely miss Will. Um, it's been it's been different with him not around, but we're looking forward to him coming back soon. Uh, he's, on a personal note, he's getting um, his college degree finished, so he's a little little busy on that side. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's it's it's important, right? So definitely, definitely um, we wish it. We wish him the best. Uh, it's always good to finish your degree. I still have to finish mine too, so uh, yeah. maybe I take a little break too. But um, uh, next up we have Abel's message. Uh, Abel's a newer newer 
side of us, but uh, he says he looks forward to being a part of the group for 50 more episodes and more. Um, I'm glad that I can be a part of this group while at the same time getting experience for my journalistic career. Finding Teutonic Takes was the, one of the best things that have things to happen. Wow. Wow. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Thank you, Ivan and Fabi and the rest of the group. Very proud of you guys because you built this from the ground up. Yeah, Ivan, yeah. again, I got to thank you, man. This is, I, I remember asking you that message, like, hey, can I be a part of this? And and after that, the rest is history. So thank you so much. Right. And in a way that this shouldn't have worked, because at least geographically, we've been like ships passing through the night. Uh, I started this while I was in San Diego and you were in uh, Redwood City. Right. And then you right. were expecting a child and you had already made plans with your wife mary that yeah. you guys are going to move to japan right and then as soon as you move away next year this year essentially i moved back to the bay area in livermore so right like, right it's been very interesting and we managed to make it work with these time zones thanks right. to you for giving me months of practice ahead of the tokyo olympics <laughs> yeah. to master the time zone <laughs> right no exactly and the funniest thing about this is everybody was meeting you for the first time at the quakes game right and i'm like yeah i'm sitting here like two damn. days ago <laughs> yeah we're recording on the monday uh, yeah two days after the dynamo game <laughs> and I, i'm just sitting here like damn i still haven't met ivan <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh no it's been a great ride i mean it's been a fun time uh like you said i i started in Redwood city you started in san diego i'm in japan you're in livermore now um so really the only thing that's changed is this big Pikachu in the background and this ritual room I'm recording in. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, in a hey. completely different room now right. as I'm recording this, but it's been good. I mean, same laptop setup, same chair and all that, but right. it's been a blast and it's been great being embraced by other members of the you know, podcast community, the written community, right. uh, other MLS communities like MLS Multiplex has been a big part of this, the Beautiful Game Network, all of that. Definitely. And, yeah. And Thank you. to represent within San Jose, within the Bay Area and within all of MLS and, you know, the global discussion as MLS itself continues to be a part of that. Yeah. And again, this is a Big thank you for all of our fans, but an even bigger thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Guys, um, since the beginning, you guys have helped sponsor this show. Um, it was I mean, it was a lot easier with you guys because if I had to find a way to, uh, you know, pay for everything out of pocket, maybe we wouldn't be able to uh, make all the content that we do and, and maybe we wouldn't be able to go ahead and make all the graphics that we do. Um, I learned how to make graphics, so we've come a long way, right? Fala has done yeah. a great job making graphics for us. And a lot of them have been uh, just from the goodness of our heart. So it really, she's done a great job with all the things. And, and again, I want to thank you guys, uh, all the Patreon supporters, really the most, right? You guys really run the ship. Um, thank you so much. And we're going to be doing something new on our Patreon. So if you want to be a part of our Patreon, um, please go ahead and check it out. We're going to be doing exclusive polls. Um, so a lot of times we can't really ask questions to the fans because, you know, maybe it gets out into the wrong hands or it hurts some feelings. But on our Patreon, there's not that many followers. So <laughs> uh, we can go ahead and uh, keep it a little tight-knit group and we can ask some questions that are a little too too much to for the regular public. But um, if you are interested, you know, join our Patreon and join our polls and join our conversations. Uh, we're definitely going to be a little more present on our patreon because 
uh, we need to be uh, we need to make a little bit of a, of a community. So definitely that's our next uh, chapter in this. But we have some games to talk about, Evan. Uh, we have first we have the Sporting Kansas City. According to them, we're the worst team in the league. Um, Let me but, uh, set this up a little bit. Yeah. So this has been a very wild week. Kate Cal went on from the went from he was on the U.S. men's national team radar. Yeah. He was on that initial roster. Right. I honestly wasn't sure if he was going to make the cut or not. I figured he would be on that bubble. And then all of a sudden, as the group stage concludes, he's invited to the Gold Cup roster. So we're thinking, right. okay, maybe the Paul Areola injury or they're not sold on Jonathan Lewis enough that Cade could find a way in through the back door. Mm. So he was sent to the U.S. men's national team camp. He was unavailable for the Sporting Kansas City game and until the 11th hour, unavailable for the Dynamo game either. Right. And then they decide at the last minute, no, we're going to stick with Paul Ariola. He's fit. He's ready to go for Jamaica. And they sent Kate Cowell back to San Jose. And that was pointless. Yeah, uh, right, right. We, we didn't have him for a, for one of our most important games. But, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I actually messaged him on Instagram. I told him, hey, because he's a young kid. So I was like, hey, man, keep your head up. You'll be back with the U.S. men's national team in no time. Like, don't don't let this, you know, make you down. And he, he responded. He's like, thank you. I really do appreciate that. So, if you guys are on Instagram, make sure you let him know like he's loved because he's a young kid. So make sure um, it, a lot of this pressure can seem like a lot for him sometimes. So, again, he's 17 years old. He's about to be 18. Yeah. So, I mean, if you guys want to send him love, he's definitely going to look at it. He's always reposting us. So he does look at his Instagram. Um, so definitely a nice guy. I, I felt really bad for him because at the end of the day, like we kind of broke the news and then we kind of broke the news that he's coming back. So it was like, Oh man, like this, this is unfortunate news, but I have to tell everybody, but really, really unfortunate, but he'll be back. I, I have no doubt in my mind. He'll be back. Right. And there's a very good chance that, you know, clubs come calling for him and he makes a move away from San Jose earthquakes right. before he's even legally allowed to drink in the United States. Yeah. So. <laughs> Like we'll Bucio, right? <laughs> he yeah. went to go. He went to go uh, Venezia. Now he could drink. <laughs> Venezia, yeah. Um, and anyway, they have to dig even deeper to get their first win in two plus months. Yeah. Spoiler alerts: We're still waiting. Uh, they couldn't get it against Sporting Kansas City, where a late penalty scare, which was overruled, preceded a scarier and realized threat that equalized the game in the last minute. And from now on, Daniel Saloy will be known to me as Sad Boy. He was clearly tilted after the game. Yeah. Pressure mounted in the home fixture versus the Houston Dynamo game with Seattle looming right after that. And we also had a last-minute winner in that game ruled out for offside, which continues this problematic pattern of draws. So it's become apparent that San Jose Earthquakes now draw SC is cursed, regardless of improved performances. Right. And a little bit about that Daniel Saloy comment. I mean, this might be a rivalry brewing and I, and I like it. I like this. I really do like this. Next time I have the opportunity to talk to Almeida, I'm going to ask him about this comment um, because I do want to create a little bit of a rivalry, right? We played them in the playoffs. We took them to the end line, right? We were about to win, but unfortunately yeah. Kate Cowell missed that shot. And then we went to penalties and we lost in penalties, but I know. We, we were literally on the brink of beating them at home and now we play them you know at their house and they and they say these types of comments and it's just like all right well maybe we have something here maybe if we play them in the playoffs again we might be on the brink of a made 
rivalry, right? It's not going to be a locational rivalry, but maybe it's just a one of those weird MLS rivalries and a blue color rivalry. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, we don't get enough. Um, we don't get enough love from the national media rivalry, right? So Squirtle versus Mudkip. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the funniest part about this is. When I was watching the game, these guys are such homers. Like I, I, I never yeah. realized how much the other opposing. Because I have ESPN Plus, right? I'm in Japan. I'm watching yeah. it on every single broadcast. But the yeah. Sporting Kansas City reporters are some homers. I, I, I never, I never heard you know, uh, Daniel Slayton like that, or or Chris Dangerfield to be that big of a Anthony homer. Anthony Passarelli, a little yeah, bit Anthony Passarelli, <laughs> exactly. So I guess we do a good job. I want to give a shout out to all of our, uh, all of our uh, Quakes, you know, media team that represents us on the Voice and on the on the TV. They do a great job. I don't think they're too big of homers, so they they say it straight. Uh, but the Houston Dynamo game, man. How unfortunate. Of course, of course, it's my guy, Andy Rios, right? <laughs> like, like I literally was watching it on a playback and I was because I was watching it on a tape delay and I was like, oh, great. You know, Carlos Fierro makes a goal on his birthday and it gets taken away <laughs> by Andy Rios himself. And I was like, dude, this oh, guy's man. the most unlucky player in the world, right? Um, but I have some comments about that. I'm going to talk about it later. But Ivan, yeah. do you have anything to say about those games? I will have plenty to say about those games. Uh, we're going to work in a little bit of a Gold Cup update before mm. we get into the thick of it. So the quarterfinals happened over this past weekend. Yeah, Qatar, they were up 3-0 against El Salvador. El Salvador had a bit of a battle back, but yeah. it still ended 3-2 with Qatar moving on. USA beat Jamaica 1-0 through a Matthew Hoppy header, assisted by Christian Roldan. And it was a really gritty game. It was 0-0 until the 80th minute mark. And then USA finally broke through. Before that, Jamaica had plenty of dangerous chances, even without Leon Bailey, who ultimately didn't play due to a niggling injury. Mm. But USA, they were able to advance past Jamaica into the semifinals. A lot of people apparently were expecting a bit of a more convincing win against Jamaica, but Clearly, they haven't been paying attention to the last several years of Gold Cup matches and World Cup qualifiers. Jamaica beat USA in the Gold Cup uh, semifinals in 2015 mm. before USA beat Jamaica 2-1 in the final following Gold Cup. It, I was at that game in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. Yeah. And you, you could argue that USA were also fortunate there, too. And in the sense that Andre Blake had to come off injured with a broken hand and they replace him with Dwayne Miller. And so Jamaica has always been a thorn in the USA. Yeah, side. Always. Not so much as like the central American uh, teams who tend to be a bit more concacaf and uh, harsher with the fouls, but Jamaica are a strong physical team too. And yep. they're also a very skilled team as well that they don't get enough credit for that either. Yeah, so, and, and Jamaica, and Jamaica could always be a better team than it is because they all their best talent goes to play for England. Like Raheem Sterling could have played for Jamaica. I remember talking about this with Simon Dawkins. All the best English players are usually of Jamaican descent, right? And they could play for Jamaica, but unfortunately, they always choose England. Um, yeah. So this Jamaica team does have potential to be a powerhouse in CONCACAF, right? If some of these English players choose Jamaica instead, um, like um, uh, Gilbert Barnes, I believe was another one um, mm -hmm. where he was born in England and he chose to play for Jamaica and he was a MLS, you know, quality player for years. And 
Jamaica is not an easy game. This Qatar game coming up is probably a different different type of level, but the Jamaica game, I I mean, that's a hard game. Blake's a great, great goalie. Um, they have young players that are hungry. I mean, they play in MLS and these these United States players, they play in MLS, right? So this quality is not There's some leaps big... in logic. Like right. people complain about the MLS players in USA. It thing is like, oh, they're not doing so well because they're relying on MLS players. And meanwhile, they're struggling against the Jamaica team that have not only MLS players, but USL players. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and it just shows the quality of all the teams in CONCACAF have risen because of the quality in um, the MLS and the USL. So it's better for all parts. I mean, I think personally, if the other teams in CONCACAF are stronger, because then maybe you get an underdog or maybe you get, uh, you know, one of the team Canada to take out Mexico for us, you know, like, so it's, it's definitely a good thing. Um, so I was watching like a little you said, bit. Yeah. Uh, Mexico beat Honduras three zero. And then Canada did have an impressive win over uh, Costa Rica two zero. I tweeted about the junior toilet goal where it was v- very well set up, but he also finished it beautifully. He is currently a member of unattached FC. So I'm thinking like Quakes, they haven't been scoring enough goals lately. In my opinion, they've scored one or less goals in most of the recent games. So mm. if junior Hoyle is looking for a new club, like go ahead and, you know, reach out to his agent, see what could right. happen. He could be a good starter slash, you know, first player off the bench, you know? Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like some of the guys that are unattached, it's like, man, like another one's Kai Kamara. We could have used Kai Kamara before the, you know, Benji Renaissance. I mean, mm-hmm. we could have definitely used the Kai Kamara a high, you know, a tall type of heading attacker. So it's weird that our yeah, team doesn't right really look at pieces. those. Agents. Yeah. Right. Who knows? Throw him out there in five minutes left every game. Let's see if he heads the ball Granted, in. Right. Now that uh, role is filled by Nathan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nathan has filled that role. Um, but moving on to the match day, Ivan, if you want to yeah. go ahead and um, talk about part one. Yes. Uh, we have the first game of two that we're covering this podcast. We were at Children's Mercy Park. They were one of the venues for the Gold Cup. So this is a bit of a recent change where now okay they're hosting their mls team again sporting kansas city takes the field against san jose earthquakes and right off the bat there's some interesting uh personnel vacancies for the kansas city home team with pure vermes unavailable yeah uh, along with presumably Ilya sanchez given his absence from the match day roster they were in a covid related situation so they were ruled out of that game and then he was confirmed positive on Friday, two days after this game. So in comes Carrie Zavagnin, their assistant coach, lining up in a 4-3. Tim Melia in goal. Quakes fans know him well for not the best reasons. Uh, well, good for him because he saved all three shots, but bad right. for us. <laughs> Ram Zuzi in, uh, in the right back role. He's There's Shea Salinas, a very versatile player who's played so many matches for the club. Uh Nicola Isimat Marine with uh, Andrew Fontas in that center back partnership. Luis Martins in the left back role, a midfield of Cameron Duke, Remy Walter, and Gadi Kinda. And you have Johnny Russell, Wilson Harris, and Daniel Saloy in that front three. Oh, I'm and- sorry, sad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Russell is 
the guy, you know, you know, you know, you know that meme where it's like, you're just not that guy, pal. You know, (laughs) he is that guy. I mean, Johnny Russell has been tormenting us for years and he's still tormenting other teams too. Like Seattle just this past week. Um, But Mm -hmm. I mean, sporting Kansas city, I got to give it to them. I mean, they're in first place now, I believe. Right. Uh, They beat Seattle this last week and are scored in that game. Yeah. And they're doing it all without Alan Polito. So this, this roster is is built to to win, so definitely something to keep an eye on the Sporting Kansas City team. And if it becomes our rival, it's even better for us, right? Maybe we elevate our type of play against the best teams in the league. Yeah. So, and the players they came up that came off the bench for them were Roger Espinoza, the experienced Honduran international. Yeah. Uh, it would be the second club in a row that currently employs an experienced Honduran international. We'll get to Houston Dynamo later. Kerry Shelton and Jalen Lindsay as well. Uh, Jalen Lindsay, he filled in for Graham Zusi in that uh, playoff match last time mm. in the 2020 playoffs. Um, in the previous result prior to this game, Sporting Kansas City were coming off a two-win Two zero win over LA Galaxy at Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, this was on the 4th of July. So there's a 17 day gap in between games for Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, it's big. Uh, yeah, they got a goal right? late from Johnny Russell and Kerry Shelton. Damn. And it, I mean, big gap of games. I mean, we've had what, how many games in that gap? Maybe like three. So definitely mm-hmm. they were fresh, or someone could say they were rusted, right? So, uh, or they were rusty, right? So, uh, either way you look at it, this is a this was a place where we could have got some points, but a very unfortunate bounce off of JT Marzikowski's back, and, and unfortunately, all the other players that weren't the Quakes were there to get the rebound. So, uh, again, th- it seems like these draws are unfair, but at the same time, they're fair. So <laughs> it's it's just unfortunate. Yeah, quite the paradox you got there, Favi. Right. Uh, the Quakes lineup was a three-four-three. So this was a more of a clear-cut formation than the 5-4-1 question mark that was used against the Rapids. Mm. JT and goal, back three of Nathan, Alani, Simbison, Salinas, and Lopez, the fullbacks, or the wingbacks in this type of formation. Remedy and Utsen in the midfield partnership with no Jackson Ewell. And then up top, you have Lopez, uh, Chofis Lopez, Wando, and Espinoza with Rios, Fierro, and Apocastis off the bench. So... You had Salinas and Marcos Lopez in that role. Uh, no Kate Cowell do the attempted U.S. Men's National right. Team call-up. Right. And Kikanovic, uh, he had a right thigh injury, so he was dropped to the bench for Chris Wondolowski, and he didn't appear in that game or the other game in this two-game set recovery. Yeah, and it looks like Benji did pick up a knock in that Colorado game. Um mm-hmm. So he might have been playing with 110% and he just picked up a knock. Um, hopefully we see him in the next game uh, versus Seattle because we're definitely going to need him. Um, but yeah, for now, unfortunately, he is injured. Yeah, and we wish him the best, I think. It's always tough when yeah. you're a young player in this beginning find- of your career. Yeah. You finally get an opportunity and then you get hurt. So hopefully it's not too big a setback. He'll find time. Uh, he'll, he'll get that spot back for sure. No, there's no other player on this team that is a nine. So definitely he, he will get some minutes in. 
Wouldn't Wondolowski be a nine? No, I, I, I don't think he's a nine. I truly don't. I, I think it was evident in the last game that he's a secondary type of striker. He's not that oh, head the yeah. ball in type of nine player that we've always needed, right? Ever since Danny Houston was not that player, right? So uh, Marco Reina wasn't that player. So we've always needed a Benji type of nine. And uh, with with that comes, you know, injuries so definitely it's gonna happen he's gonna pick up knocks and then we're gonna have to live with the striker partnerships that we have um but the goals came from nathan in the 53rd minute from a corner kick and espinoza quietly builds his assists up i mean i think he's at five now so definitely quietly gaining these assist numbers that maybe he'll he'll reach his number of last year again he's not playing the best He's not playing, you know, what he was last year, but he's just quietly getting these assist numbers up. Um, he's already on the top 10 assist list for Sam's Earthquakes all time. He's yeah. Four off of Landon Donovan and Eric Winalda. Yeah. And I mean, with these corner kicks and with Nathan on the end of them and all and he's on the end of them, you know, he's getting he's getting a lot of these assists. So good. Good for Espinoza um, to get those assists. And then uh, Judson got a red card at the end, right? Yeah, uh, the equalizing goal for Sporting Kansas City came off of free kick situation. The initial ball hit the corner of the crossbar and the right uh, post, and then it just fell to Sad Boy, and he was able to. I can't believe it was Saloy that put it in. No, that that now yeah. I, now that kind of hurts me. I mean, dang, he had those comments yeah. and he made the goal. Ah, oh, you know. Yeah. It would have been worse if he made the comments and he did nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe he wouldn't have made the comments, but hopefully he doesn't make the all-star team. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, the shots, uh, Sporting Kansas City led 18 to 13. Uh, Kansas City also had eight shots on targets, the Quicks three. They led in possession with 54% of it. They led in passing accuracy, 88% to 84%. Quakes created two chances to their one. They had nine corner kicks to Sporting Kansas City's six. Quakes fouled 19 times. They fouled 16 times. Offsides, four for the Quakes and one for Kansas City. And the card situation, Chofis picked one up in the 48th minute. Hudson picked up a yellow 49th. Lindsay in the 57th. Uh, I, uh, now I'm feeling stupid because I didn't specify which Espinosa got right. a yellow no, card. I think, it's, um, I think it's Christian. I think it's Christian. Yeah, Espinoza. it was Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. You got a yellow card in the 81st minute. Graham Zussi, 85th minute. Ethan, Nathan, uh, 86th minute. And then in stoppage time, Yudson got his second yellow, which sent him off, and he was suspended for the Houston game. Yeah, and I believe if Chofis gets one or two more, he won't be able to be at the next match. So this yellow card accumulation that the Quakes have, have been getting is really hindering us. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's it comes with the tactics. It comes with the formation or the style that we play. But, man, we need some depth in that central midfield. And and it's weird that we gave away Eric Cavillo when we definitely could have used him this year. Um, So it must have been something that he wanted to do. Um, so he can get a little more. Too. Yeah. So definitely <laughs> an odd, odd situation with our central midfield. Um, Jack Scan played okay. I mean, we'll get into that later. Um, but it was, I felt like Eric Calvillo could give us a little more in that position personally. Um, I didn't know his name was pronounced that way until the press conference after the Houston Dynamo game. Skahan? I was calling him Scahan the whole time. <laughs> well, how do you, how do you pronounce it? 
No, you're right. It was oh, okay. that's okay. how they that's how he, he was addressed at the press conference. So that's when I realized the error of my ways. Oh never. <laughs> okay, okay. But um yeah, actually, so just talking about the first half notes of the sporting Kansas City game. Um what did you think of the game? Who do you think played well? I think Eric Remedy has really been our MVP this year, personally. Um, I know he has the he's been fouled the most in MLS and he kind of goes down a little easy, but again, this is a guy we've been missing. I mean, we've been missing the guy who goes down easy to get us in better positions. Um, Mm -hmm. He's been doing it on their half of the field a little more the last two games. So I do like that. Um, I think it kind of kills our counterattack ability when he does it, when we're pinned back. Um, But when he does it on their side, it's even better. Right. So definitely Eric Rometty has been a really, really bright spot. And $200,000, really cheap guys. So definitely has been a bright spot. Ivan, do you have anything to say about this match? Yeah, so the first half kind of paled in comparison to the second half. The interesting uh, uh, lineup decision for me, it wasn't a surprise because Tanner Beeson's been playing so well, but it's a back three of Beeson, Alanis, and Nathan. So that just put a... uh, underline an exclamation point in the depth chart regarding Flo Youngworth's role in this team, which is probably not what he expected going into the season, but it's something to keep in mind going forward. And JT Marcinkowski was the busier of the two goalkeepers. He made an impressive save to keep it scoreless into the break Yeah, where, okay, we went into the break. We didn't see a goal. And that's, you know, despite the desperation of wanting to win at halftime on a, in a road game, that's a good place to be. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, we saw Nathan make a couple of important tackles. Nathan has been a great signing so far. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this this guy, I like his passion just like Flo. I like to see that. Um, but maybe he's getting a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he could have got a couple of yellows in these last games or, or maybe even a red. Um, but definitely he's making some impressive tackles. Um, so it's nice to see. His passing ability is pretty good. I only saw one errant pass from him, but he made up for it by getting back and and taking the ball away from that player. Um, We got to see Carlos Fierro come on. Um, This is a player that I've really been excited for, to be honest, because I felt like we needed a winger that would want to cross the ball. Um, And we saw that until he got his red card in the next game. But we'll talk about that. Um, But uh, he looks like he's recovered. Um, Good thing. Um, Haji has pressed him to, you know, play his best ability. So we've seen more out of Carlos Fierro than in these last two games that we've ever seen. Um, just because I think he is scared for that starting spot with Seattle playing so well. Um, and JT had a great game, but unfortunately he didn't get a clean sheet. Again, it's going to be hard with this formation and these tactics to get a clean sheet. So definitely we have to appreciate it when he does get one. Yeah. And interestingly, also looking at some of the all time records, uh, there's four p- players on the Quicks uh, history of goalkeepers that kind of, you know, put themselves in their own tier in terms of shutouts. You have Joe Cannon, John Bush, Pat Onstad, and David Bingham. They have 27 or more clean sheets. And then the next tier is pretty much everyone else. Daniel Vega has 10 clean sheets. And JT Marcinkowski in a three-way tie f- with six. Yeah, and – it's a hard thing, especially with this Matias Almeida kind of formation. I mean, Dom Kinnear ball made it so that we did get a lot of clean sheets, but then we also didn't score. So 
definitely have- definitely a skewed stat just because of the types of coaches we've this had. This is why we can't have nice things and draw yeah. SC. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking a little bit about the Daniel Saloy comment again, uh, Daniel Sadboy Saloy, uh, he also said referees can have a bad game t- as well. Um, but Peter Murphy's he goes off on the officiating as well. So definitely um, we haven't been able to talk to Matias Almeida besides after the games. So definitely going to talk to him about that, see if uh, what he thinks about those comments. So we're excited for this next Thursday to see if, um, if we could talk to Matias Almeida about that, uh, but match day part two. So Ivan, Wait, hold up. we yep. kind of uh, got it over some of the points. Um, I'll finish off with my thoughts on the Saloy and yeah. Vermees comments, but going back to the goal that Quakes did earn, uh, Espinoza almost connected with Beeson mm. in the first half of a corner, but then he made no mistake setting up Nathan for his first Quakes goal. It was a faint touch from the corner, but he did well, just enough for it to hit the post and go in. Uh, the best chance before the uh, end of the game uh, was Kyrie Shelton. He found himself in a one-on-one situation, but he had held the ball on too long, which allowed Yutsen and Alanis to recover. Uh, Nathan uh, had his now trademark tackle celebration in a one-on-one duel with Kyrie Shelton. And then the big moment before the equalizer was in the 87th minute. A penalty was called for uh, in physical contact with Johnny Russell. There was barely any of that, though. Russell kept playing. He wasn't calling for the penalty. Uh, The referee, John Dickerson, he went to the AR, and then he overturned the penalty. So what were you thinking in that moment? I feel like if he dived, he would have got the call. I think, think, unfortunately, in this case, you you don't benefit because you wanted to keep playing. And yeah. Shay Salinas on Instagram commented on the MLS's post uh, about the uh, about the whole situation, and he was like, "I I was right there. No no penalty. Good call." And I was laughing at that. I was like, "That was pretty funny." I was like, "To take the time out of your day to comment <laughs> on the official MLS post, that's pretty funny." But um, yeah, I mean, I think it was a good call. If you would have dived, he would have got the call. So unfortunately for him, fortunate for us, right? Yeah. So that was a break, but unfortunately. The, the quakes just can't get it together to get over the line with three points. The, yeah. Every time talked about the equalizer. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Every time there's like a non penalty call or a penalty call, this quakes team just crumbles. Um, yeah. I, I think it has to do with the VAR setup or something. Maybe they take too much time and they kind of get out of their funk, but I remember in the early no parts excuse, of the season. I- yeah. In the earlier parts of the season, it was the same thing. Every time they had a goal opportunity or a maybe a penalty, the other team would go back and score a goal. So it's definitely something to think about. Maybe it, it gets them off their groove or it gets them off the rocker a bit, and then all of a sudden they forget how to defend. But this team is not good at responding to almost calls, and that's evident. Yep, and I think that's something that has to be worked on because – as much as I do feel like in a way, you know, I see, let's say partially in jest, this club is cursed, but they have to put themselves in positions to succeed. And part of that is scoring more than one goal a game, taking the chances when they come your way, right. not leaving it to these sorts of positions. It's exciting as I'm sure for a neutral to watch these games always be down to the wire. But right. It, as a fan, like it's like nerve wracking and 
just to be able to kill a game off, it's an essential skill for a team aspiring to be successful in any league to have. And my last uh, comment on the goal was uh, I've been having a lot of goal deja vu moments with a lot of goals regarding Quakes and the U.S. Men's National Team lately. But this is another case of that where the unfortunate nature of this free kick and how, you know, the goalkeeper got a contact on it but was unable to do anything to stop it. It reminded me of goal uh, Shea Given, the uh, all-time caps leader for Ireland, I believe. He was their goalkeeper at the Euro 2012 tournament. It made sports centers not top 10 because it was another free kick situation where it hit the post, it hit his head and went in. It reminded me of that. It was a similarly unlucky goal. JT Marcinkowski deserved a clean sheet from that match, but it wasn't meant to be. Right. No, definitely. And and then Peter Ramiz after the after the game went off on the the refereeing and yeah. everybody was going off on the refereeing. I thought it wasn't that bad, to be honest, compared to this next game. But that's all <laughs> opinion based. Right. So um, definitely looking forward to to seeing this next matchup. I'm excited to see if this rivalry still happens. I mean, there's going to be a chip on the Quake's shoulder next time they see sporting. So that's it's something that I'm looking forward to. Your man of the match was Nathan, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I think Nathan was that definitely man of the match for that. For he that, he was one. on MLS Team of the Week, deservedly so. Uh, and my last thoughts on Sad Boy is uh, I have no beef with Sporting Kansas City. I think they're a good club. But, I think but now they you well do. run. <laughs> they had, we have the Jimmy Conrad connection, so forget the Blue Derby. Like it's still the Jimmy Conrad Derby. Um, but. Uh, and one of my good friends from MLS Multiplex, uh, Nathan Dunn, he was uh, a part of the uh, MLS All-Star collaboration article we did. He's a Sporting Kansas City fan, but it's definitely going to be a beef with Daniel Saloy from this point on. And he can expect uh, some, uh, you know, if he thought the challenges were tough on him before, he, you know, he may be in for a rude awakening in the next game. But uh, yeah. everyone else at that club, I think Ramiz is one of the best coach in MLS. And they're a club that, you know, they don't sign a lot of flashy players. Like the flashiest player they did sign was Alan Pulido. That's a pretty but big signing, though. That's... They've built their team well. They've got experience, yeah. U.S. Men's National Team players. Uh, some of their young players we didn't really talk about, like uh, Cameron Duke. They've stepped in in this game. Timelia is an underrated goalkeeper. So yeah. good on them uh, for their success they've had in the season. But those comments definitely will leave a sour taste in the mouth. But we gotta and move on, and you can me, add one more thing. Yeah, yeah, let me add one more thing. This uh, this sporting Kansas City team kind of reminds me of like a like a Warriors light, basically. Before they had Alan Polito, they were built well. Um, they always competed, but then they got. Uh, Kevin Durant, right? They got an Alan Polito yeah. that takes them to the next level. Um, so this Sporting Kansas City team is is a good team. I mean, they're built well, right? They have uh, they just lost you know, Busio, but that's okay. Cause they just yeah. have this pipeline full of uh, young, talented players. And so it's something to keep an eye on in the next couple of years. They don't get a lot of credit because they are in the Midwest and they all have a chip on their shoulder and they, yeah. and they, uh, and they all like that chili pasta. I forgot what the dish is called, but uh mile high, mile high chili or something like that. But uh, that's yeah. uh Colorado. That's Colorado. not mile high. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But it's the Midwest, right? The Midwest is the Midwest. They eat some weird things out there. They're in known Missouri, for their right? barbecue. Kansas City right. is one of the hot spots for barbecue in the United States. 
And I, I got to um, talk to Jimmy Conrad out here because he's in Japan. So I got I got to really quickly say, hey, like, Jimmy, oh, what's going what's he on doing the, in Japan? <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's covering the, the Olympics on Twitch. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah, didn't know so that. <laughs> he's, he's the main guy for the Olympic coverage. So my friend uh, Carlos Eustis, uh, he's always on the podcast. We I've been in contact with him because he's over here as well. Uh, Daniel Slayton didn't come out here. She's out in the Connecticut headquarters mm-hmm. covering the Olympics. But Carlos is out here as well. So we've been uh, talking back and forth. So, yeah. yeah Maybe Jimmy I can Conrad's see Jimmy Conrad too. Man. He's on Twitch. He's on YouTube. He's with CBS. He's with right. NBC. Like all these things. That's great. Yeah, in what world can you see Pokimane with uh, Jimmy Conrad, right? So it's, de- it's definitely two worlds colliding. All right. Um, but, yeah, I meant I wasn't trying to rush you, Fabi. When I said we can move on, I meant, like, the Quakes can't afford to dwell on the negativity. Like, they right. can't get incensed by the comments. Like, they just have to keep <laughs> finding a way to win. And no, definitely. the search continued uh, this past Saturday at PayPal Park where they hosted the Houston Dynamo. The changes from the last game regarding their lineup, uh, obviously, Yutsen was suspended, so Jack Scan took his place. Um, Marcos Lopez was not in the lineup, but yeah. Scan Abacasi's got a run out. I think that's just saving legs because Marcos Lopez has had some knocks. Uh, Cowell was available off the bench, and he was one of the youth subs along with Fierro, Marie, Flo, and Rios. That was... The first time we saw Flo in a while, he wasn't getting yeah. too many opportunities, but uh, it was an interesting decision to see him as opposed to Siad uh, Haji, who didn't make an appearance that game. Well, Flo as a midfielder, right? So this has been a while yeah. since Flo has come out as a midfielder, and um, he did okay. I mean, I don't think he did too bad, personally. I think he did okay. I mean, for the first game back at midfield, he's a little slower now, but it was all right. It wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, and I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name, but he has one of the coolest names in MLS now, a rare DP defensive signing, the Zimbabwe uh, international, Teenage Hadibi. He made his debut the game before this one, and he's now a central figure in the Houston Dynamo defense. He played well. Through their lineup now. Yeah, he played played well. Marich is their goalkeeper. He won that job. There's a bit of a goalkeeper competition there for Dynamo, but Marich has been their starting goalkeeper for this season. Zarek Valentin, Tim Parker, Tian Shadibi, and Sam Yukwa were their back line. They had a midfield of uh, Griffin Dorsey, Matias Vera, Joe Corona, and Memo Rodriguez. And then their uh, partnership up top was Maxi Uruti and Fafa Picot with their youth subs being one of their DPs, Darwin Quintero, Derek Jones, Adam Linkvist, and Mateo Bajamich. And some of their notable absentees were all international call-ups. No Ariel Lassiter, no Tyler Pasher, former Quakes player Darwin Seren with El Salvador, and then the Hondurans, Boniac Garcia, and Maynard Figueroa, all representing their respective teams in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Yeah, and Boniac Garcia this was... Weekend, all but Tyler Pasher should be heading back to Houston Dynamo since Costa Rica, El Salvador, and Honduras are all eliminated. Yeah, and uh, Boniac Garcia was the one player that when in the last game that we played against them, he stepped in into that center back role and played it well. I mean, yeah. he was he was one of those players where it's funny because he played you know center uh, attacking midfield for like a lot of his career, but he's he stepped in and played center back for that game. Um, so I was excited to see that he wasn't on the roster, but it looks like in that time they got a DP center back, you know. <laughs> so so definitely right. unfortunate. 
Yeah, so it's, this is always a surprise, even though I know he's an experienced player and he's been around the block, but just how old he is and he's still playing at a decent level for a club and country. Maynard Figueroa is 38 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little crazy. Darwin Saran is getting up there in age too, and he plays for club and country, so definitely something to think about, yeah. Yeah, he... He was one of the three MLS players representing El Salvador, uh, Darwin Seren, along with Christian Roldan's brother, Alex, and uh, Eric Zavaleta. Yeah, so, so El Salvador I mean, looks fun. Darwin Seren, he's only 31. Uh, he's not too old, but uh, mm. hopefully we'll see Calvillo on the senior team soon enough. Uh, I, I thought, you know what? I've heard Darwin Seren so long in this league that I thought maybe, you know, he's getting up there in age, but I was wrong. I apologize. Yeah, he's... He was with Orlando City since 2014, the year before they became an MLS club. Mm. So, yeah, that has been a while. Um, but anyway, uh, the goals in this game, the first one came from uh, Matias Vera. It was unassisted because it was a uh, failed clearance that led to him getting the ball. And then it went in off the post, I believe. It just – or. Anyway, just it was a banger. It was a banger. Yeah, yeah. It went past JT Marcinkowski. He was full stretch and still can get to it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say failed clearance to be honest, because he did get a lot of space. I mean, it was a header off of Alanis, and he did get a yeah. lot off of that clearance. It's just it he got the ball. No one closed in on him. Right, right. And he just scored a banger. Like yeah. that's a hard goal, and he scored it right. So kudos to him. Yep, um, we'll add that to the uh, curse. Uh, right, right. Uh, we always get scored playbook. bangers on. Always. Like, the Whitecaps, when they play us, uh, Godoy scores a banger. It's like, what's going on here? Like, why are they always scoring bangers on us? But definitely, um, kudos to him. Ali Adnan also scored a good goal for the Whitecaps against uh, the Earthquakes uh, in the yeah, yeah. back tournament. And he's no longer uh, a Whitecaps player. Uh, he... Uh, believe he's uh headed uh, back uh, to his parent club Udinese I'm not totally uh. sure but I believe that's the case oh wow but anyway yeah that's a talent that they're gonna miss out on but um, yeah but yeah so think... go ahead yeah Valentin scored an own goal I mean if if that wasn't an own goal it was gonna be a goal um by Alanis he was yeah, right behind him Beeson was or oh, Tanner okay, I don't yeah, know who was behind him, but it was yeah. one of them. Yeah, it was one of them. But Christian Espinosa could have got his six assists, right? He could have got another assist if it wasn't a known goal. So definitely unfortunate if you're Christian Espinosa, because then you need to get some of this. Hey, uh, I'm not playing so well off my back, and that that would have been a way. So I, you know what? They should give assists to own goals. I, I think assists to an own goal would be the best way to kind of give some credit to the other team. Yeah, I think there's no reason they can't do it, but other than, you know, that's just the way it's always been. <laughs> let's just, you <laughs> know, what, let's just not the best explanation for anything, but let, let's just inflate, is. inflate MLS stats. So the prices of these players go up and everybody makes more revenue. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Because when other clubs from other leagues are looking for players, like they're not going to be going into like the oh, rule how book. Many of those assists were own goals right 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 how many assists exactly so let's just find ways to inflate these numbers and uh and get a whole bunch of revenue back in for these guys um but yeah the stats i'll go ahead and go over yeah. them the quakes led 12 to 10 
uh, on shots. Shots on targets, though, the Dynamo led five to two. Mm-hmm. Possession, the Quakes had 65%. Well, I couldn't tell, right? I couldn't tell they had that much of an advantage. Um, and the same goes for you because in the notes, you felt like it wasn't that decisive with their with their advantage. Passing accuracy, this is a big one. 84% by the Quakes and 67% by the Dynamo. Man, seems like the Dynamo really squeezed out a draw when they didn't deserve it. Um, chances created, none. Nobody created any chances. Ugly game. Corners, the Dynamo had five. The Quakes had three. Fouls, the Dynamo had 19 and the Quakes had 12. Offsides, oof, one each. But the Quakes' offsides mattered a lot more than the Houston Dynamo's offsides. Yellow cards, 53 by Pico, uh, 57 by Parker, 68 by Vera, 70 by Nathan, and Fierro, a straight red. And then 98-minute 90, Ruti gets a yellow card. Um, and but let me just thoughts. quickly uh, correct yeah. on a previous comment I made. So uh, Ali Adnan is currently without a club. It was a mutual consent contract termination due to his inability to get a visa. If that had anything to do with his uh, Iraqi nationality, that's a darn shame. But yeah, there's right. a lot of complications with Canadian clubs being stuck right. in the United States yeah. recently and certain nationalities having a harder time getting visas due to COVID or other problematic policies. But that's another topic for another day. But I just but, wanted to – he's yeah, not in an essay. <laughs> the, the, the Canadian clubs are having a hard time with COVID vaccines too. There was a player I remember that got transferred because he didn't want to get a vaccine. He got transferred to Columbus Crew, uh, Hurtado, Eric Hurtado. Yeah, Eric Hurtado. Yeah. That's right. So unfortunate time to be a Canadian club that you just have a whole bunch of problems going on. But hey, Ali Adnan is available. Hey, let's uh, Quakes, what's up? You know, we could use a backup for Shea Salinas. You <laughs> uh, would be a starter, but yeah. Yeah, right. So definitely what's going on there? Uh, see, this is why, like, if you're a GM, I like, like what's going on? Transfer policy. Like, they do the bare minimum. Like, they hit – so far they've hit a home run with Nathan, but – the roster still needs more work. Right. As much right. as we love these players, like you still have to be making moves. Like, like I love all of the Quakes players and I'm a fan of everything, but Jake's Jack Scahan has no business being on the starting 11. Okay. Like, so let's just talk about that. He was a yep. surprise starter for this game, presumably because he was the closest fit to right. Hudson uh, or Judson. I keep giving him the uh, Spanish pronunciation when it comes from a Portuguese speaking country. Sorry, Judson. <laughs> he was suspended, but instead of giving maybe Siad Haji a start and more attack minded midfielder, they went with Scan, who he can play all yep. three of the center mid positions. Uh, I had right. a conversation with Charles one and I got a bit more insight about scans ability there, but um, I was expecting yeah. maybe a Carlos Fierro to come in as the 10. Yeah, that's another idea. And then a Chofis Lopez to go back and uh, help Eric Medi. I was expecting that to be honest, but maybe Almeida had faith in uh, starting one of the younger guys in these games. So definitely kudos to Jack Scahan for getting his first start. Yeah. So would you consider the uh, Ted uncle uh, Nathan uh, collision with the referee uh, more or less strange than the translator getting sent off? I think less strange, right? Um, I don't know. I, I was, I was watching it at work and I, called my coworker over. I was like, Hey, look at this. Like this never <laughs> happens. Like what's going on with but this? It could happen more often considering 
a lot, not a lot of clubs have a translator for the coach mm. and a referee, there's always a referee in the middle of a game and there's always a ch- chance that they're going to bump into a player. Like, yeah. But it was just fashion. so weird, right? <laughs> like so yeah. weird. Um, and he was bleeding. It wasn't like a little collision either. It was like right. full on the full on Nathan on the floor rolling around the ref rolling around like what's going on here. The opposite of raffling because there was no laughter. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a weird situation. The translator getting sent off. That was more like this is really MLSC, you know, like that. Yeah. That seems very MLSC. Um like none of the refs speak Spanish. Like what we're living in America and none of the refs on that, on that whole team doesn't speak Spanish and can understand what that it's Matias Almeida saying those things like, come on. Like, so a lot of the quakes action was through the middle of the park. Aside from that referee fiasco, uh, they were able to replace him, I believe with the fourth official. Right. Right. But later it comes back to haunt the quakes, right? Oh yeah. Um, In the first (laughs) half, you had Remedy. He was winning some free kicks inside the Dynamo hat. You had Jack Scan getting involved. But if he wasn't losing the ball, his shots or pass selection needed to work on. He was working hard and he was trying, which, you know, is what you can hope from a young player or a, a deaf player. You want that energy from that part of the squad. But unfortunately, the energy didn't really go anywhere. I, the clo- his closest attempt, uh, their captain, Tim Parker, he got in the way and blocked the shot. And then we talked about the 40th-minute goal. It was a banger from Matias Vera. It w- I described it as a slow but laser-like shot, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know. Definitely, it was perfect placement. I mean, it was low. You know, like every time Yutsen hits the ball, it, it goes all the way to China. You know, it flies up in the air and it goes, it hits the scoreboard, goes into Lobina. It hits one of the Southwest planes from the San Jose airport. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so to see a, a long range shot just glide on the floor, like you just got to appreciate that. Like, dang, that's a banger. You know, like I wish we had a guy who could shoot like that. Like Jackson, you can do that, but we haven't seen it in a long time since DC United. So, um, Unfortunately, this is how the Quakes lose or get draws, right? They get scored on because we didn't close off on them and because we're just tired from all the man marking. So it makes it makes complete sense about the tactics. So between all the action and weird events of the two halves, both halves ended with six minutes of stoppage time. So that's 102 minutes of soccer played. It was almost like you played a half of extra time. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Uh, always, yeah, but I mean, the ref went down for a long time, so it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. You're right. Yeah. The la- literal last chance of the half, and you got to give credit for Jason Linus because he was also very effective in this game. He was getting into some dangerous positions. He mm. was turning some half chances or, like, barely getting to the balls. He was able to win some corners or draw a free kick, and that free kick turned into an own goal where Espinosa right. set it up, and then – it went into the box where one of the Quakes defenders looked nearby, but it went off Zarek Valentin uh, last. And so it's ruled an own goal, but we'll take it. Like, right, we right, right, all right. the goals we can get. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, finally, the Quakes get thrown a bone, right? I mean, what were you, I mean, I, at that point, when you're that defender, I think you were Valentin. You can't, you just gotta, you just gotta put it in yourself. You know, you gotta be on the score sheet. You know, it's going to go in anyway. You're going to look bad. <laughs> so might as well just not give them a, an assist. Right. <laughs> yeah. So granted 
this team has been cursed and unlucky, but the Quakes have benefited from some fortune of their own. Yeah. They just haven't been able to capitalize on it. And in the second half, there had to have been another option to try to get a goal. Um, Cowell's first contributions when he was subbed on, he set up Abacassis and he was able to get a shot on goal. And that was our first shot on goal in the 70th minute. So that was, that's the problem, right? Wondolowski started that game and where was he, right? Where was Wondolowski to be found? Not Um, his best game, unfortunately. You know what? Wondolowski doesn't play good against Houston. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. The highest goal scorer versus Houston is Kari Stephenson, right? It's not Wondolowski. So something about Houston, Wondolowski does not play well against. And uh, it was evident this game as well. He didn't have a shot. So it's definitely, definitely a game to forget if you're Chris Wondolowski. Well, the online East also had a free kick, but Marco Marich saw it all the way through. Um, Andy Rios was subbed on. He had a shot that went wide. Uh, close. It was close. Really, yeah, yeah, it was. I, I can't fault him for um, too much for that opportunity. It's not one of those comic shots that weren't even close. Like he's had a couple of those. Right. Um, Marich was forced to make a great save late on, and then the breakthrough happens, and then the celebrations are completely evaporated when the referee throws the flag up. Yeah, I, I have a lot of a lot of feelings about this. I kind of held back. I didn't really talk about it on Twitter. Um, I felt like if he wasn't there, it would have been cleared. If mm-hmm. he was onside, he wouldn't have blocked. He wouldn't have made the goalie, you know, adjust for him. So that he almost hit it. Like it almost goes off of his knee. So of course the goalie is adjusting to that, to possibly him being on the ball. So he wasn't the only person offside. So there was like two other players offside as well on the, on the lower part. The only thing I have to say is they probably weren't used to Fierro taking free kicks and the speed of Fierro taking his free kicks because he usually doesn't take the free kicks. Um, But Again, unfortunate, just completely unfortunate for the Quakes to not be able to score that second goal. Um, that would have been an awesome, awesome goal. And we this whole podcast would just been a different feeling. The Quakes yeah. would have a different feeling around the locker room. It would be, it, oh, we're back on track. You know, the vocabulary would be different. There would be a different podcast title. Right, right. It would just be a different com- complete different feeling but of course it's it's my guy andy rios and i want to talk about it a little later since we have a question about it but um i do understand why he does get playing time and and i hope you guys take the chance to listen to me later on yeah and from my view when i was at the game i was uh at the other end of the stadium from where the goal happened Mm. I couldn't see why it was called. So I was just frustrated and upset at the time. But right. after the game, as I was waiting for the conference uh, press conference to begin, I s- looked up the replay. Uh, Charlie Davis also would break it down on an MLS video. Because Andy Rios obstructed Zarek Valentin, it, who otherwise would have cleared the effort, it was unfortunately the right call, even though it sucked. Like, right. And why can't the rest suck when we want them? To? Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and some people get away with that, right? Some people, yeah. uh, some players get away with that. Some teams get away with that. And unfortunately, the Quakes did not get away with it. So I think it was because Nathan took out the other ref. So, I mean, he was like, all right, time, time to get some payback, you know? I'm more frustrated at Carlos Fierro, though, because yeah. 
after after that chance, he has a retaliation tackle, and it was just completely unnecessary. All it right. did was earn him a red card, right. and now he can't play in the next game. So that's not good for him, who's he's always had a bit of an uphill battle trying to get game time for the place. Yeah, with Vaco being to win over the yeah. fans, and it's just like you're making your own problems and you're adding to the problems of the club. And right. It's frustrating. Yeah, and he was playing better. I mean, he he uh, right when he yeah. came on, he he tried to cross it to Chris Wondolowski, which I've seen no one do. Um, so definitely he's been playing better. Um, I, I thought that there was a couple opportunities where people could play him with space, but unfortunately the ball didn't come. And uh, I I think he could have helped us during these tough times of of uh, you know Jackson Ewell not being there, but unfortunately he won't be able to help us like next game. Um, I, I'm excited though. I, I bought a Carlos Fierro Juneteenth jersey, so uh, we're hopefully gonna put it up here soon. Oh, that's um, so, great. So hopefully, hopefully, you know his performances turn around. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible that those types of jerseys are being sold. It's just yeah. another great thing that's come of the uh, MLS Black Players for Change initiative. Yeah. And whenever you get an opportunity to support them, please do because. There's a lot of, you know, great uh, African diaspora players in our league that yeah. they want their voices to be heard. And I think as well, sometimes in the soccer community, black voices in general, they aren't heard as often as we would like. So that's a great way to ensure that they are, you know, we're furthering their initiatives there. No, definitely. Um, and, I, and I haven't bought a jersey in a long time. And I was like, wow. you know what, this is a good, good good very good foundation to go ahead and buy a jersey because all the benefits go to haji's um uh foundation where they get fresh water for africa so uh definitely definitely something to be proud of and i was like hoping somebody would throw me a jersey you know being part of Titanic takes we get a free one you know like maybe for the press conferences or something but no no this is a jersey that i wanted to buy i wanted to hang up so definitely um to, to keep everybody in mind that you know this is bigger than football sometimes and I'm just uh, impressed by young players like him and Jacob Akanyarije. You know, they've been yeah. doing so much, uh, even though they haven't been, like, too involved in the right. Quakes side of things on the field. They've been doing a lot of work off the field. You know what's funny about Jacob Akanyarije is I always see him in the practice photos, man. He's always having a fun time. He's always laughing. So right. it's like maybe he's just a locker room guy, you know? <laughs> maybe he's just the guy everybody likes to pick up. I don't know. But he, can, he always looks like he's having fun. Yeah, he can play – Play, though i think you know yeah he, he's gonna be given a chance at some point yeah he's young um, he's young right so maybe he's the guy of the future who knows yeah um, i also picked nathan for a man of the match in this game i think he's been a game changer and i think him and jt marcinkowski they've shown how you can play well even if you're not getting clean sheets a lot of clean sheets depends on the players around you and mm. uh sometimes refereeing decisions, sometimes general luck. And I think that they're doing the best they can. Yeah. I don't think JT Marcinkowski uh, has made too many errors in the last few games that has made me question his future with the team or question yeah. like, why, what do we see in him? Of course not. Like he's still very solid. Yeah. And just to kind of quickly wrap this up, since we're getting close to the hour and a half mark um, fantasy league update, 
Terry Soccer Gods is now sole first place, 12 and 1. I know Scary Terry's out there talking to all the fault liners, saying how good she is at fantasy uh, yeah. MLS. Uh, Dave Romero tells me. So definitely proud to see Terry, you know, in first place. She's proud of her team. Um, what a wonderful world joining second and other teams in a four-way tie for a second. And uh, myself, I fall to seven and six. I got to do a little better job. Uh, I've been captaining Cade Cal, even though he hasn't been playing. So I need to set my lineup. <laughs> yeah, come on, Fabi. Yeah, yeah. I know I, my, my Wi-Fi has been so bad out here. I'm actually tethering off my phone right now. So um, hopefully this podcast stands up. Um, but quickly going over the standings, Seattle Sounders are in first place, but they they lost to Sporting KC. So um, is that up to date or is Sporting KC in first place, Ivan? Uh, the standings are up to date as of July 25th. So the Sounders had a bigger lead, but Sporting Kansas City cut into it and now they're only Got two it. points behind. Yeah. When you said uh, as of the 25th, I'm like, wait, it's the 27th, you know, because I'm in Japan. So I'm like, yeah. wait, what's going on here? Uh, but interesting people, we see um, Houston Dynamo, 17 points, ninth. Portland Timbers under the playoff line with 19 points. And we see uh, a four-way tie or almost a four-way tie. If Austin ties their next game, which they probably will, there will be a four-way tie for four, with 14 points at the bottom of the league with FC Dallas, San Jose Earthquakes, the Whitecaps, and possibly Austin FC. Um, so that's just a Austin little... play Rapids next, so yep. that's not guaranteed to tie, but it's possible. They always tie, right? Or, or they lose. But um, uh, in the Eastern Conference, the New England Revolution have been playing lights out this year. Um, oh, yeah. They're in first place with 33 points. Uh, Orlando has been falling. The sky is falling in Orlando without DK. Um, they just lost 5-0 to the New York City FC. Uh, yeah, that was a... Yeah, weird. Weird result. Weird, right? So um, they dropped to third place. Nashville, quietly in second yeah. place with 26 points. Nashville, what? You know? Well done, Nashville. Uh, we'll see when they get Walker Zimmerman back because he's ruled out for the Gold Cup right. due to injury. Right. So that also means that he's not going to play a role for Nashville in these upcoming games either. Yeah, and it's good to see Anibal Godoy balling. I mean, he's still doing yeah. – he wants a quick, always a quick. So it's good to see um, him doing well. Inter Miami with the wooden spoon right now, right? Nine points. That's the scary insane. part is they're only five points fewer than San Jose Earthquake. So Quakes are in this very perilous position. They're six points away from the playoffs, but five points away from Inter Miami. So a few games here and there could either prop the season up to being salvageable, or it could just be the last card that gets pulled for the house of cards to crumble down. Right. Yeah. And upcoming games, Ivan, are you excited for any of them? So let's see. There's an interesting midweek game that kicks off this uh, match week. LAFC versus Minnesota United. That's going to tell us a little bit more about what we can expect for the LAFC game that's coming up for the Quakes. Uh, on Friday, you got some heavy hitters uh, or at least some teams trying to get back to that status like Columbus Crew versus NYC. We'll see if they can keep up that momentum from the Orlando game. Yeah. You have Galaxy versus Timbers is always going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah, it's good. a matchup I was able to see in person at Dignity Health Sports Park uh, shortly after the World Cup. That was Omar Gonzalez's first game back mm. after the World Cup. And I was there because uh, my brother Eric, who is currently a goalkeeper at SF State, uh, he was there for a soccer tournament, so we tagged along. Uh other interesting games, uh, the Saturday game, other than the Sounders-Quakes game that stands out to me, 
is going to be um, New York Red Bulls against New England Revolution. I think mm. New York Red Bulls, uh, they have some interesting, talented players. Uh, not Cade Cowell, Cade and Clark. Uh, <laughs> he, he's been an interesting one to watch. And then on Sunday, the one that stands out for me, and it's unfortunate that it kind of overlaps with the Gold Cup final, it's Toronto versus Nashville. Toronto yeah. has been playing better now that Chris Armas is no longer their manager. Mm. And Nashville, you know, as you said, they're second in the East. So they're definitely worth watching. Even they don't play the flashiest brand of soccer. Yeah. And I think MLS and CONCACAF need to do a better job. They have to be more in sync in terms of Gold Cup scheduling, particularly on the weekends. Like, you have a lot of time to play with. Like, even if Toronto versus Nashville, like, if they play like, you know, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon uh, Pacific type of uh, time slot for them, that way they don't interfere at all with the Gold Cup final and their fans don't have to choose. Right. Particularly, you know, for Toronto FC, if Canada manages to beat Mexico, if they make the final, like they'd love to watch that final. Definitely. So, yeah, that's something that I'm surprised hasn't been ironed out. Uh, do you have any other games that stand out for you? Yeah, uh, the Austin FC game versus Colorado. I want to see how Austin does. Um, they, I don't think they believe they should be at the bottom of the Western Conference. So, um, oh, yeah. an, an exciting game to look forward to, especially if they bring in that um, that one Argentinian from the Dynamo. So, or uh, from Dynamo Kiev, right? Not yeah, the Dynamo. Kiev, yeah, Dynamo Kiev. So, I think definitely. it's Driussi. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a solid pickup. Uh, so, there's some debate as to whether the Russian Premier League is better than MLS or not. I'd say Russian Premier League is become more of a top heavy where like someone like Zenit mm. is going to be better than most MLS teams or all of them. But then there's a couple of clubs that like, you know, there's a, a growing gap between the haves or the have nots in Russia, but overall, like they're a decent European league. Like we understand MLS, you know, it's not going to be at the level of top five leagues in Europe. And maybe it's still like trying to compete with some of the other like second leagues in Europe, but we're happy with where it is right now. And it's getting Definitely. better. It's fun, right? Um, and looking forward to the Sounders game, um, are they more vulnerable now than ever? Yes. Yes. After losing to Sporting Kansas City, this Seattle team is beatable um, because their of the second loss of the season. Their first was against Minnesota. That rid them of their Invincibles goal, if it was one. I think the Sounders – they don't care about being invincibles in the radio season. They care about qualifying for the playoffs and they care about winning the MLS cup. So, and it's they're not going to be losing too much sleep over that. And honestly, uh, the gold cup final, if the quake or if the U S if the U S men's national team make it is better for the quakes than it is for the Seattle Sounders. They won't have rolled on. Um, so that's mm -hmm. something to look forward to. They will have Alex rolled on. So that's a player that will come back and play for, for Seattle and will play well. Um, hopefully yeah, he doesn't have to play goalie again. Right backs in the league. I think there's a good chance both Roldan brothers could be on the all-star roster. Yeah. And um, Raul Ruiz, Alex Roldan and a JV team will be playing the quake. So they are vulnerable. <laughs> um, so definitely they are pretty vulnerable. I'm excited for this game. I think this is a game where the quakes can pick up all three points. I think this is going to be like our LAFC game last year that made us go into the playoffs. I think no one has us to win this game. Remember everybody had us to win the Vancouver game and we lost it and they were like, Oh, it's over. The season's over. Um, the same thing is with the Houston game. I think this is a game where, we all had a pencil in to win, but we draw it and we are going to win this game. I feel like. 
I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a JV team. They did have set an uh, MLS record for most teenagers starting a game with five against Austin, and they still won. Rodri Diaz scored an incredible goal in that game. But you also have players like Joao Paulo, who is a decent contributor to that midfield. And they'll have their back line of Yamar Gomez Andrade, Javier Arriaga, Nuhu Tolo, that these are all experienced players that are among the best in their positions in MLS. One or two of them could get all-star selection as well. Like Seattle Sounders have had an incredible start to the season. I don't think the wheels are coming off. I think more so that they're biding their time until the Gold Cup is over yeah. and until Nicolas Ladero is back healthy. And I think if they think that Ladero is going to be out for longer and potentially not for the playoffs, the Sounders are certainly going to look to make a transfer. Right, right. And um, going into kind of the fan questions now to, to wrap this up, um, I want to take the first one, please, Ivan, if you let yes. me. Stuart Berman, Quakes fan, Stu, big fan. I mean, uh, he's been around for a while, so we all know Stu. Um, he yeah. asks, why does Andy Rios continue to get game time? And I'm going to tell you the reason right now. Look tell at this roster. Him. Look at this roster. I mean, with Benji injured, with with Cade Cowell away, who's going to go in and play striker? Well, he's 40 years old. He's 40 years old almost, right? So definitely – Andy Rios comes in just based off of we need a striker to come in or something to come in, attend to come in for trophies because he hasn't played a full 90. Andy Rios is a player that can play the 10 um, well. He holds up the ball well, and he can distribute the ball well. But unfortunately, the finishing is just not there. But he can distribute the ball well in the middle of the field. He can hold it up then distribute it well on the counter. And we saw that in this last Dynamo or Houston Dynamo game. And we were, I know I saw a couple of comments out there maybe saying, uh, you know, maybe we're giving a little too much flack on these guys like Carlos Fierro and Andy Rios. Um, but then Andy Rios goes ahead and messes up our goal. So definitely it's a two edged sword, right? He's the only person on this roster that can come off the bench and hold up the play and distribute the ball. Well, so that Kid Cal and the wingers can get forward. Um, Lopez doesn't do that that well. Um, I think Jackson Yule does it a lot better. Uh, so definitely something to look forward to. But that's why he gets that's why he gets playing time. Unfortunately, it's not because he has a you know a picture of uh, Matias Almeida's mom. It's not because it's it's something where we feel like uh, he, he could he could fight well. You know, no, it's it's he has a good hold up play. Um, unfortunately, the the end result's not there. He doesn't come on a striker all the time. He comes on as a 10. So definitely just something to chew on. <laughs> um, but Vicente Alvarez from Instagram asked, does Almeida summon and out the right people? I've been I'll uh, take care of uh, Vicente Alvarez's questions. Yeah. Uh, he asked a couple of them. I'll do them a bit rapid fire. Uh, d- regarding Almeida substitutions, I've said in previous podcasts that that, that's a part of Almeida's role as coach that is hardest for me to defend because he at least one substitution per game and granted he does have five of them so you know the probability of getting one of them wrong or making a questionable substitution is higher I just I didn't understand why Florian Youngworth was subbed in in the situation he was in when you have Syed Haji available so I think a lot of his substitutions that I have criticized, it has come down to like minute management, fatigue, Mm. legs, and I get that. 
at the same time, you have to balance that with actually getting points on the board. Because even though right now, the Quakes still have a chance of getting to the playoffs. Um, and I've totally uh, gone off the rapid fire path, but I'll try <laughs> to get back on it. Uh, it's going to get harder and harder to make progress up the table if you know, you're constantly making conservative substitutions. But as for the other questions, he asked how bad is Christian Espinosa's form this season? And I just made a note under it that his form hasn't been that bad. Like perhaps compared to his expectations, we expect more of him, but he is providing a lot of the attacking threat. He assisted Nathan's goal against Kansas City. He was part of the, you know, play that created the own goal. And his last question, though, with Salinas is underrated. He definitely is underrated. I think with all the, you know, attention on Chris Wondolowski, he's definitely retiring after the season. Shea Salinas, he's in that part of his career where he's going to get one-year contract extensions until it's his time he decides to retire, too. So he does go under the radar, but he's proven to be the ultimate utility player once again this season. Yeah, and uh, quickly – I have something to say about Matias Almeida's subs. If you use all five subs, one of them will be bad. Um, Colorado only used two, so they don't have an opportunity to do bad subs. Um, I think having fresh legs is more important than the what the personnel is. So I feel like in situations, maybe he wants to have fresher legs for other games and we won't get the full picture. So I do think he does have okay subs in and out. Um, Christian Espinoza. Yeah, go ahead. I think Almeida should prioritize though making attacking substitutions to win the game first before mm. uh, subbing in players for rest reasons. Though. Yeah. That would be the one thing I would change to have potentially the best of both worlds. And that's completely true. He likes to make five subs, and that's something I give him credit for, for using as much of his available subs as possible because not a lot of uh, coaches do that. And I think that, that is something he does right. Yeah, and um, Mar- Mario Trejo asks, says, Wando is too old and we need we need to uh, move on from him. Um, um, okay, so I also made a note there too. Yeah. Wondolowski is retiring this season. After this season, there's no more Chris Wondolowski as a player. Like, you don't need me to tell you everything Chris Wondolowski has done for the club and what he still brings to this club. Right. He w- will be a part of this last ride no matter what. He's going to start some games. Uh if for another reason, then he's going to be able to lead these guys into battle and help get to this club, uh, get some good results, even if he's not having the best individual performance. So even this wasn't his best point, he wasn't a traffic cone out there and you can go ahead now. Yeah. I I want to see Chris Wondolowski and Carlos Fierro come off the bench every game. I want them Mm -hmm. to have a partnership where Carlos Fierro crosses the ball into Chris Wondolowski and all the defenders are tired. Um, so that's what I want to see from Chris Wondolowski this year. Um, so with that situation, would you have your first choice front three, uh, be Chofis, Espinosa, and Cal? Yes. If Cal can't go, Benji, if Benji can't go, uh, Andy Rios, Andy Rios, right. more of a eat up some minutes, bring in Wondolowski full fresh. Tire out the defenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, <clears throat> I would love to have that, um, but another question asks, Roberto from Instagram asks, what does the team need to do to get back to his winning ways, Ivan? You don't know. I'd... We've seen this We're play cursed. out through this We're stretch cursed, of right? calls. 
something different in the takes the form of Lucy and takes the ball away from San Jose Earthquakes as Charlie Brown every time. And this is like you the only thing you can do is you keep picking your strongest possible lineups, right? You minimize the mistakes and you maximize your opportunities. You, it's been great that we've been scoring the first goal in a lot of these games. That's something that I've noticed. And that's something that's been improved on from other problematic trends, but we got to get that second goal, maybe even the third goal that gives you that room for error. If you can see the penalty, tough shit like at least you're up 2-1 or 3-1 right. in that situation but the quakes just need to f- f- continue to play out of this bad run of form um tw- uh griffin leonard oh guys thank you all you guys for the questions i mean we have a whole bunch yeah so this is a long episode <laughs> um griffin leonard from twitter asks how many more matches without a win from with almeida before he gets the boot almeida's not getting the boot he would already yeah. got the boot yeah so so i think We've established that the Quakes, uh, they give their coaches, their managers, much longer leashes than by MLS standards and certainly by world football standards. Yeah. I think if they're going to make a managerial change, it has to be something like catastrophic for it to be in the middle of the season. I think uh, Almeida, the most time he's in danger of either getting sacked or leaving in any capacity is during the off season. And we, we can kind of shrug at some of like, oh yeah, Almeida's linked to insert Argentine club here, yeah. insert Mexican club here, insert Spanish speaking uh, national team here. Right, right. Yeah, watch him go somewhere random like the Preston North End after this. No, you, you know what? If the Quakes make the playoffs, I you know what? I Five he year may stay. Extension. He may stay. You know, just to, maybe he wants to end it with a good note, right? If they make the playoffs this year, and let's say they go to a second round, he may stay. He may stay. He might want to um, fix all the wrong. Maybe because he, he, next year he's not going to have all these guys on the books. Maybe he gets a second go, right? Who knows, right? But um, it's not profitable for the Quakes to leave him or to let him go. I'm going to say that right now. They put too much money in, to invest into this coach, and and if. If they had a transfer fee coming in for him, okay, maybe they let him go, but they're not. That's not the case right now. Uh, Yellow Mamba. Two more questions. Oh, sorry. Let's do the two more left on the uh, notes we have. We do have one more question that was uh, on Twitter that it was kind of late, so I didn't have a chance to add here. So let's go with the ones we have. No worries. Yellow Mamba did uh, front row SF. Did the much anticipated meeting with Ameda and Fisher happen? Um, I'm usually on the press conferences. Alex Morgan, um, great, great journalist and great, um, great person from Quake's Epicenter. He asked the question and Almeida kind of shrugged it off. He says they haven't met yet. So it looks like it hasn't happened yet. Um, and will the Quakes ever get three points again? Who knows, right? Who knows? Next question. Obviously, yes. But yeah. We just don't know when. Right. Um, <laughs> Manuel uh, XCVI, what players would be most likely to leave in the upcoming transfer window? This is a juicy one. Um, I put it on Instagram. And uh, I had the Quakes fans uh, choose between Marcos Lopez and Cade Cowell, who is more likely to leave in this next offseason. Because I think that's pretty much who I think Jackson Yule has been playing not so well. So I kind of took him off of that. But let's see what the what the Quakes fans thought it was. Uh, who's more likely? Head, to... I'm thinking Flo, Flo Youngworth could be out the out the door if he's not happy with his role. Um, 
I was looking more of like, I guess, potential future. But the Quakes fans chose. Wow, this is a pretty close um, voting. Twenty people voted for Cade Cal and seventeen voted for Marcos Lopez. So mm-hmm. pretty close. Um, if you guys aren't following us on Instagram, please do. Uh, we have all these fun polls and all these fun questionnaires. So definitely, it's fun time to follow us on Instagram. Um, but yeah, if they do move on, let's just real quick. Like, yeah. what kind of like? club slash league do you think would get the most out of Kate Cal and as well as Marcos Lopez? I think Kate Cal's made for the Premier League. I don't think he's ready for it. Um maybe I the championship? W- yeah I wouldn't want him to go to the championship though. Like what like I, a promotion chasing championship club? That I don't I don't think they would pay what we want from him. I, I really okay. don't think they would pay. Um I think we want close to eight million or seven million dollars. Uh Fulham, I think, has a mm. connection with American players. I think they would probably be the one. I think maybe League One. I would like to see him in League One. You know, maybe uh I was gonna uh, say Bundesliga. Uh too. or a Bundesliga, yeah. Because yeah. that's been a great path for American players. Um League One has been as well. I mean, with uh, with yeah. Timothy Weah and um, uh, Munsa, right? I believe they come out of League One. Oh no, Munsa's in Valencia. I'm sorry, but um, I think I would like to see him in Marseille or a, a Lyon. That would be pretty cool, right? Yeah. American in France, so exciting. And it's an easy league, right? It's not that hard of a league um, outside of PSG um, and and Monaco and uh leon i think it would be a, a step up still yeah no marcos definitely lopez, step up. it sure. wouldn't be the sexy choice but i think i could see marcos lopez he could be one of the better left backs in liga mekis and i think mekis mm. has been a good source of improvement and talent for uh mexican players That's and proven where, uh, players yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, proving yeah. players. I'm so sorry. No, no worries. Um, uh, but, um, Pedro Gallesa, he was yeah. playing at like Veracruz, for example. When Ruiz Diaz and Morelia. In, yeah, Ruiz Diaz and Morelia, yeah. now Mazatlan. Uh, that's when they broke through for the Peruvian national team. Right. So I think it's going to be interesting like to see where they go from here. But for now, they're but, players and hopefully – they'll be a good part of whatever success we can achieve. The only league at Mekis teams that I think will pay his price tag would be uh, maybe Monterey or maybe uh, Cruz, uh, not Cruz as well, uh, America. Cause America has a Kino. He's a, he's already a Peruvian national that yeah. plays for the team. So definitely but they just got Layun. So I don't know if they want to pay um, maybe Monterey, but th- their, their financial situation is not so, so hot. So, um, but I would see Marcos Lopez, if he wants to, he wants to go to Europe. I posted on Instagram, he, a quote from him. Um, I would say maybe, uh, uh, I guess this is escaping me right now. Uh, the La Liga, maybe, um, uh, because Spanish players or, uh, Latin speaking players always want to play in La Liga. That's like their dream. Um, and, uh, uh, uh the, the league where Ajax plays, I, I can't. This is Skip Edinese. Uh, Udinese. No, 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 no. The league where Ajax plays. What what league oh, is it? Ari Divise. Ari Divise. Thank you, Ivan. Yeah, <laughs> I think you could be a good player in that league as well. All right. And lastly, uh, this was a, a late addition from Twitter. Uh, Terry Coding Mogan, our fantasy Sc- league uh, Scary Terry. Ex- expert extraordinaire. She asks two questions. Is it possible that we may break our own MLS record for most consecutive ties? And when can we safely put a Quakes players as starter on our fantasy teams? I think um, we have to keep an eye on for if the U.S. men's national team realize the error in their ways and call up Kate Cowell for qualifiers. 
Yeah. That might be a stretch because, you know, it'll probably be some combination of the Gold Cup roster with our Nations League roster and Kid Cowell still might be, you know, penciling him in for the next World Cup cycle. Yeah. But I think he's probably your best bet for a consistent MLS uh, fantasy player. Espinosa too. More help. Espinosa. <laughs> Espinosa has been getting quietly assists almost every game. Yeah. And as for the MLS draw record, uh, since I didn't have a chance to look up this record, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Why not? Like, why not? That right? might be interesting. <laughs> hey, if we, if we get a result, a draw in Seattle, are you happy, Ivan? Um, that would be the one team, even more so than against LAFC, that mm. I'll be happy to, I'll be content with a draw because yeah. I'm expecting a loss in that game. Yeah, right. But, uh, Right. Thanks to our sponsor, Rusneck Scarves, an sp- official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for you and your team at roughneckscarves.com. If you're tired of the same old uniforms and cookie care templates from Nike and Adidas and looking for a unique, complete custom kit for your youth team, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team, Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. And I just want to close this uh, podcast with a positive note. Fabi, and fill in this sentence. Nathan is the most exciting Quakes signing since dot, dot, dot. I got to say Vaco, to be honest. I was excited Thanks, Vaco. when Vaco came in. Um, I Because that was after Innocent Amagara, and we were like, oh, maybe this is the turn of the tide, right? So, um, But Nathan's a deep uh, TAM signing, so it's even more impressive. I think, you know, if, if Nathan, let's say Nathan plays like the best center back in the league, does Jesse Fiorinelli get his job back, right? It, yeah. seems, like, it seems like a pretty knee-jerk reaction, but we didn't even get to see how this transfer gets played out. So... Definitely exciting to exciting time to be a Quakes fan if you like uh you know passing center backs that are good with their feet and passionate. Yep. So the next four games to the Quakes, we got uh all three Cascadia teams, two away, one uh, at home, and then we got LAFC. So those are our next opportunities to change this draw SC curse club reputation for the better. But we'll see how it goes. Win, lose, or draw, go Quakes. Go Quakes. Thank you.